Good day, lovely language learning listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. How are you all today? Seriously, how are you? It is a cold and rainy day here in Germany, as usual, so I want to just relax and keep things a bit light today. In last week's episode, I talked about fear of missing out and how it messes with our language progress, what it can look like in our language lives, how we can spot it, and what we can do to work through that. For me, that was a really deep topic because it brings up so many negative feelings about my early years learning Italian. Talking about fear of missing out and how I spent so much time starting every resource from the beginning and stressing about what I didn't know instead of just learning it. I look back on those years and I feel like I just wasted so much time not learning because of that fear of missing out. So today I decided to keep things light and I want to talk about my recent dive into the Korean language. If you're not learning Korean or have no interest in it, don't worry, I won't be talking about the specifics of the language itself, so stick with me. Instead, I want to talk about this because it was an instance where I took my own language advice and I put it into practice. So I want to just talk through that today to exhibit more specifically a tip I gave last week. Toward the middle of the episode, I talked about some of the signs I know to look out for that fear of missing out is starting to surface in my language life. And one of those signs is jumping at every language thing that comes my way. Buying all the books, downloading all the apps, signing up for every challenge, course, conference, and so on. So hoarding or collecting resources without really considering if I have the time, energy, need, or desire to use or complete these things. Something I didn't mention last week was that fear of missing out can also show up by way of collecting languages. Raise your hand if you have ever said, I want to speak every language. I've always loved hearing languages that aren't my own. Hearing a language for the first time or seeing a new script or alphabet is joyful. It's exciting and mesmerizing to me. It always has been. But then there's that little voice in the back of my head that tells me I'm missing out by not understanding or speaking that language, or at least knowing how to pronounce the words or knowing how to say please and thank you in all the languages. And let me tell you, there are dozens of places I could take this conversation from here. I could easily talk about working on multiple languages simultaneously, dabbling in languages, setting good enough goals, language being connected to culture, language privilege, defining our why in a language... You see why I need this podcast as an outlet for my thoughts. Okay, but focus. Fear of missing out, wanting to speak all the languages, and Korean. How does this tie together? In last week's episode, one of the tips I gave for overcoming or working against fear of missing out was to try out all the things. Apps, courses, etc. And now I'll add languages. But set boundaries on the trial phase and have a plan. And this will look different for everyone, but this is why it's such a critical piece of advice for myself and why I felt it was definitely valuable enough to share. I'm learning two languages. I study German because I live in Germany and I need it to get around, but also because it's a beautiful language and the grammar seriously gets me really excited. I love it. But because I live here, want to keep making friends and hope to one day converse properly, let's say with my children's teachers, German is a priority for me. Second, I speak and learn Italian because it was my first love. 
I needed it when we lived in Italy, and since moving away, I still have close Italian friends to chat with. I connect with my daughter over the language, and we travel back there a few times a year. Italian is a priority for my personal life, and honestly, it feeds my soul. I can't imagine just stopping the learning process here. So as you can imagine, I don't really have space in my life for taking on a third language seriously. Not if I want to spend time with my husband and kids, have a clean house, do other hobbies I enjoy, and take care of my physical health. But something about me is that when I do have some downtime, I prefer to fill it with something mentally stimulating. I always have a Sudoku book nearby, I read a ton, and I learn languages. I have my serious study time with German and Italian, but even when I'm relaxing, I tend to open an app or read something in one of the languages. So I recently had the thought that I wanted to fill that downtime with Korean. I'll back up here and say that this wasn't a completely random thought or language flippantly chosen because it's trendy or whatever. I've wanted to learn Korean for years, and I have several personal connections to the culture and to friends who speak it natively, and there have been many times over the years I've kicked myself for not at least knowing how to say hello and thank you in a moment when I could have used them. In college one year, I worked the night shift at our campus safety office, which meant spending many hours in front of a computer doing anything I could not to fall asleep. And several times, I went to the internet to learn Hangul, the Korean alphabet. But I didn't have the focus or motivation to keep going outside of those late night, early morning hours. So it's just a language that's been on the back of my mind for two decades now. So I finally thought, okay, instead of just wanting to learn it someday, why not start learning a little bit now? I really want to learn the alphabet and how to read it. And what if I just learned one word or phrase a day? I can literally do that while on my walk in the morning or instead of scrolling social media while drinking my coffee. Nothing serious, just a few minutes a day or every few days. Because really, if I'd started doing this 20 years ago when I spent midnight hours looking up Hangul online, I'd probably be able to say and understand quite a bit. More than I can now, for sure. But then there's that voice in my head that reminds me I have two priority languages already that I do need to improve for my current life situation and relationships. Decisions, decisions. The biggest concern for me here, though, is knowing myself, knowing my tendency toward acting as a result of fear of missing out, having problems focusing on one language, resource, or skill because I'm afraid of missing something in another. Knowing myself, I knew I needed to spend a few minutes assessing this idea to work on Korean. Now, literally two days after the initial thought of learning a tiny bit of Korean every day, or most days, I saw a post on Instagram by Languages Louise saying she had an interest in Korean and was going to do seven days of it with a hashtag to follow, of course, and who also wanted to do it. And like, this doesn't seem like a big deal, you know, committing to seven days of trying out a language, a language I already have an interest in, a language I had already been thinking about dabbling in for a bit. But I know me, I know my triggers, and I know I risk losing focus and losing time on the languages I already have. I know it's easy for me to get distracted by language challenges and projects. So that's where my language advice last week comes into play. Experimenting and testing things out, but with set boundaries and a plan in order to catch the fear of missing out before it gets out of hand. In this case, the 7 Days Korean Project came to my attention after I had already thought about Korean. So I could objectively say that I wasn't jumping into something just because it was new and shiny and pulling me for no reason. The way this mini language project was presented was that you can do whatever you want. So the initial thought in my head, the initial information my brain received, 
was simply that I could create whatever goals I wanted and structure these seven days however I wanted. And this is really significant because, of course, we can always structure any language project or challenge in a way that fits our needs, desires, and time. Just because a creator has one thing in mind doesn't mean you, the doer, have to do it that way. It sounds obvious, but it's worth pointing out because I know I haven't always taken charge of my language journey in this way. I want to commit to something in the way it's designed, you know, or I think success can only come by performing in the designated way, or I'm just not in a mindset of being flexible with resources or projects. That mentality definitely comes from the perfectionist in me who defines success by finishing tasks completely. So the fact that this seven-day Korean project was presented in a flexible, choose-your-own-destiny kind of way was inherently a good thing. It immediately created a foundation of flexibility, skipping any thoughts of, I've got to do it this specific way or I will fail. So once I saw this project come across my Instagram feed, I immediately wanted to do it. But I also did a quick objective analysis, asking myself if this was within the scope of goals or desires I already had. And yes, I was already thinking about Korean, so choosing to do this short do-it-yourself project was definitely not because I was afraid of missing something. I wasn't afraid that not doing it would mean missing my chance to start learning Korean, and this particular project was enticing because of its short duration. Trying out a new language that I'm already interested in for a few minutes a day for seven days is very reasonable. This wasn't a particularly busy week, so I could make the time for it. I already had plans for Italian and German time, so I knew I could fit in Korean without sacrificing my time with those. And this project was naturally bounded by time. My only commitment was seven days, and whatever I chose to do after that would be decided with more information. Seven days, even just a few minutes a day, is enough to get a feel for a language. It's enough to try out several resources and see if anything really strikes my fancy. It's definitely enough time to see if I can stick to just a few minutes a day without giving in to that fear of missing out if I don't make it a priority, which would then put progress in my other languages at risk. So having that boundary of seven days is much better than my initial thoughts of, I'll just start with a little every day and see where it goes. As of this recording, yesterday was my seventh and final day of seven days Korean, and because of that time boundary, I'm not feeling any sort of internal pressure to keep going. I want to, and I now have the resources to keep moving forward slowly as a downtime mental stimulator, adding some words that I can use when the situation is right, and finally recognizing the written language. But this feeling is so much different than the feelings brought on by fear of missing out. The mentality of knowing I want to continue just a little bit a day is much different than the mentality of continuing because I put pressure on myself to just keep going with no real goal or plan, but being afraid that if I don't keep going, then I'll never get around to it. Even if the result of each of those is the same, I work on Korean for, let's say, 5 to 10 minutes a day because I want to or because I feel internal pressure to, the external result may be the same. But how I feel about the work, the connections, and my progress are very different. And going forward with a reasonable desire and plan is so much less stressful than the other. And now that I've completed a time-bound project, I can much more objectively make that decision. And truly, it feels very personally liberating to be able to do that. The second important thing about this seven-day project is that I could try out various resources without giving in to the pull toward committing to all of them. 
Even as a fun, no-stress sort of dabbling language, fear of missing something, fear of missing out on something, can still lead me to want to get all the resources or find just the right course that's going to move me forward. But because of this seven-day time limit, I was able to very objectively find and choose resources that are in line with my goals, desires, learning preferences, time, and money. With no boundaries on trying out resources, it's really easy to get sucked into doing them all in hopes of filling in all the gaps where language is missing, especially in the beginning. This app starts with greetings, but that one starts with nationalities, and another one begins with introducing yourself. They all present different vocabulary or grammar in the beginning, so it's easy to feel like you'll get the most out of the language by doing them all, so that together they cover everything you need to know. And it doesn't take long to step back and see that each one will eventually get to the material or topics that the others start out with. They each cover enough topics and vocab that you really won't miss anything by choosing one, choosing the one you like most or that best fits into your life. It does take a bit of mindfulness to remember to take that step back, though. It's too simple to start a resource, or five resources, and just start working them from the beginning as the information is presented. So being mindful enough of looking ahead and seeing what other things are covered is a really great way to stay out of the have-to-have-them-all feelings caused by fear of missing out. So again, this seven-day Korean project inherently gave me the boundaries I needed to choose a minimal number of resources that would fit in with my current goals and time for learning the language. I started with the apps Lingodeer and Busu. Busu? Busu. I don't know how to pronounce that. I started with those two apps, which I've read great things about for learning Korean. I liked both of them okay, but after only two days, I reached the limit of free lessons completed before having to pay for a subscription. Neither one felt like something I would use daily or as a semi-primary resource, even for dabbling, but I did still have that tiny voice that told me I needed to subscribe. Don't miss out. Others have said these work for them. You don't want to miss what they're getting. I felt that voice, so I sat on it for another day. I kept the apps, reviewed a bit of what I'd already done in the free versions, and after another day, I realized that no, they weren't for me. The desire to subscribe was a pool to hoard resources, not to actually make progress. And in that moment, I deleted them both without looking back. But what was next? I still wanted to find a good app because I want something to fill a few moments of my day when I'm not sitting at a desk studying, and apps are great for this. I found some free apps provided by the King Sejong Institute and another for learning and practicing Hangul. I tried out each of them, and after just a few minutes, I could go ahead and delete two that were more difficult to navigate, and I kept the other two to see where they'd go. And at the end of the seven days, I decided to keep the free Korean vocabulary app for now, and I paid $2.99 for the Hangul app. Even though I can learn and practice the alphabet for free through any number of websites and my notebook, this app was really good for practicing on the go, and I learned several new characters while my kids had swim lessons, for example, so I decided it was a good enough support app for the price. Finally, I wanted to see what was out there with respect to main resources for learning Korean. As soon as I posted my daily Korean things on Instagram, I received a big response from people recommending resources, and the main one that kept coming up over and over was Talk to Me in Korean. 
This is a website that provides lots of free courses with audio and written lessons, as well as books to purchase and subscription options for access to more videos and courses and such. So I tested out the free lessons for a few days, and on the seventh day of this project, I was able to reasonably decide that any study time I choose to spend focusing on Korean, this would be the resource for that. I don't need to try out anything else or be enticed by any other resources out there. For my needs, desires, preferences, time, and money, this one website has it all, and I don't need to worry about missing out on anything. Another thing I like about it is all the free material. Because I don't yet have the time to dedicate to learning Korean seriously, I don't feel right paying for something, like the apps I mentioned, if it's not right for me. I don't want to subscribe to something just to have access to it if I'm not using it often enough to meet that monetary value. Talk to Me in Korean offers a lot of free material, but I also don't want to take advantage of someone else's time, knowledge, expertise, and so on. So with this site, I feel like I can find a good balance in paying for what I'm really using. For example, they have free courses at various levels, and of course I'm beginning with level 1. This course is available to anyone, whether they subscribe or not, but I don't think I'll be using it often enough to pay for a subscription for myself. Not yet, anyway but I also can afford to pay the creators for their expertise, their teaching, their product. I don't want to take this freely. And the Talk To Me In Korean website also offers books and eBooks for purchase that are associated with the free courses. And the website shows enough of the book content that I could tell it would really complement my work through the free course material while also providing a way for me to pay for what I'm getting without committing to a subscription that I'm not quite yet ready for. So, I tried a new language that I was already interested in for seven days. During those seven days, I tested out various resources, and I finally came to the end of the project when it was time to decide where to go from there. This is the most important part of the advice I gave last week. To test resources, learning methods, or languages for a bounded amount of time, or a bounded level, or a number of words to learn, or whatever, but to set boundaries on it, and then, with the information and experience you've gained, make an objective and reasonable decision on how or if to move forward. Make a decision based on what you now know, not on what you're afraid will happen if you don't keep going. This bounded trial period provides an automatic point when you force yourself to step back, look at what you've done, look at your overall language and life goals at this point in time, and choose what to do. So what have I chosen to do? I think it's clear at this point that I do want to keep going with Korean. After these seven days, I can easily say that I'm still very interested. I can also say that I don't have time to add a third language to seriously study. German and Italian still take priority in my study time, and I don't want to lose track of that, to lose myself in the excitement of a new language and sacrifice what I want and need to do in my other languages. So taking all of that into consideration, I can definitely say that I'll keep the two Korean apps I have and use them in the free moments of my day while I'm having coffee in the morning, waiting in line at the supermarket, when the kids are in swim lessons, things like that. And when I find myself feeling overwhelmed or burned out on German and Italian, or when I just want to take some time each week to focus on something else, Talk To Me in Korean is there. I can even listen to lessons in the car, which will be useful when I start my new job and have to commute several times a week. And with this plan, my usual fear of missing out is being tapped down. I know my language priorities. I know my language desires. I definitely know my language time. 
And because I've taken a solid, bounded look into what all's out there, tried a few things, and set a date for reviewing what works, what doesn't, and if this is even a reasonable task to add to my free time, I also know that I have everything I need. And I can keep moving forward with Korean without committing myself, without officially claiming it as a language I'm learning or acquiring, without any sort of internal pressure to prove myself or show my progress or worry that someone else is progressing faster than I am. I can do all of this without any fear of missing something, of missing out on a resource or missing out on the language or missing out on the Korean learning community because I took the time to dig in in a limited amount of time and really thoughtfully assessed the entire thing and each resource. So to wrap this up, again, I recorded last week's episode of fear of missing out in language learning because it's a big part of my language history and that fear still creeps up so often for me with my current two languages. But as I got to the end of my original set time with Korean, I realized that this project was working because I had taken my own advice. I recognized the sign that I was feeling FOMO in the idea that I needed to start doing some Korean now and then wanting to download all the apps and find all the courses. And instead of giving in to that, the 7 Days Korean Project came to my attention and I took it on knowing that at the end of the 7 days I would have no reason not to assess the language, the available resources, and my time availability to keep going or not. Doing this, I can definitely say worked. Without it, I have no doubt that I wouldn't feel so confident in my keep dabbling way ahead, and I would still be searching for the right tool or method for learning a bit more Korean faster because I would be afraid that there's just something better or more complete out there. And I don't like being in that mental place. Confidence that we're doing the right thing for us, that we're on the right path for us, feels so good. It wanes. There's definitely an ebb and flow to my language journey confidence. But when it's there, I like taking the time to assess what's working that got me to that point of confidence so I know I can keep that faith in my journey even when my confidence goes down. So last week, I identified a problem in my language journey, fear of missing out. I gave some tips for how to work to overcome that, trying things out with boundaries. And this week, I took my own advice and showed how those tips work in real life practice. I hope you got something out of this that if you're on the cusp of resource or method or tool or language decisions, that you feel inspired to make that plan, to test things out and move forward with knowledgeable confidence. I wish you all a very wonderful week. Happy language learning. And until next time, 